Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod. The big Jim and Goody are here as usual on Beer 52. We're helping bring the pod to you again this week and it's Oktoberfest, isn't it, boys? Das ist Reitenschneis. Yes. Is. I can't think of what, I can't even think what yes is in German. Ja. Ja, ja. Das ist gut. Das, das, das ist gut, ja. Have you learned any more German this week, Jim, or is it still That's all I know. I don't need anything. Mate, what else do you need? Prost. Prostate. Prost, when you're cheersing, that's what they do on Oktoberfest. I thought they were shouting, Pest! Pest! <laughs> is it Prost, is it? Prosting, yeah. All right, well, cheers for that, mate. Cheers, mate. Beer 52 are helping you celebrate the famous beer festival from the comfort of your own home, and they have got an offer for all Rugby Pod listeners. They bring you beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet, and they're giving you a free case of eight German craft beers at the moment. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash rugby and cover the postage. That's the word beer followed by the number 52.com. And don't worry if you change your mind because you can always pause or cancel your account at any time. But why would you? Why would you? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. It's beer52.com forward slash rugby. And by doing so, you'll also be supporting the pod as well. Prosh do. Prish prosh do. Please do. Goody, you happy the weekend's over, mate? All I'm going to say is thank God for beer 52. Because my weekend, with the rules that are going on in the country now with, you can only have six people, Matt, it was a twin's birthday. The twins turned three on Saturday, so we had to have like a staggered weekend worth of parties. Like mum and dad came over on Friday, so we had a bit of a party on Friday for them. Saturday we took the girls to Peppa Pig World. Why? (laughs) Well, my missus did ask me that, and it was my idea, and I booked it. And we're driving there. She's like, do you reckon this is going to be hell? I was like, no, the kids will love it. You watch their faces. Let's just put it in for them. The kids will absolutely love it. But they won't remember it. Why would you even do that to yourself? And then on the way home, she's like, I ain't speaking to you for a week. I was like, happy days. (laughs) The kids absolutely loved it, but she found it hell. I couldn't think of anything worse, Goody. We were talking about it, weren't we? In the lead up to your journey to Peppa Pig land world, whatever it is. No word of a lie, hand on heart, I would rather spend a day in a jail cell. <laughs> I'd rather spend a day in a jail cell. I, I, I could, we've had this discussion in our house, Legoland, Pepper World Land, bloody little Beaver Land or Jinx or Mixed Land, I don't even, whatever lands there are, mate, I ain't going to any of them, <laughs> ever. Didn't you go ever. to Dubai with your kids? Yeah, but that's very different, Andy Rowe. Dubai is very different, mate. There's kids club, a holiday. there's beach, it's a holiday genuinely that the, the thought of going to a pepper pig regardless if we're in a pandemic out with that I, I couldn't think of anything worse it would be like i said hand on heart i would rather spend a day in a jail cell which i have done before well you have jim yeah three, and this is a, three or four <laughs> and this is the thing so because of the rule of six i had to say goodbye to the chef i had to say goodbye to the nanny i had to say goodbye to the babysitter the cleaner none of them could be in the house when other people are coming over. So mum and dad came over on Friday. Carolyn's folks came over on Saturday afternoon. Carolyn's brother and his kids came. His kids. He could only bring one kid, you see. Mate, I can't work it. I can't work it all this out. And I've had about 400 kids' birthday parties, but the only things that are actually there are me, the missus and the kids and the odd other person. So I am Peppa Pigged out. I had to dress up as Peppa Pig. Got a Peppa Pig costume. <laughs> what do you mean dress up? Well, I've got a co- we bought a cost- Peppa Pig costume that I had a to mask. get into. A mask, you mean? No, it is a full on. I'll send you the picture. Oh my god, 
What do you mean? You, why would you do that? Just for the kids, mate, because we had to send all the workers home. So ordinarily, at the weekend, the chef turns into a bit of a children's entertainer as well. He's had to go. Pablo's gone. What do you mean, the workers? <laughs> <laughs> Pablo's had to go because the rule of six, you can only have six people in your house. So when it's not their birthday, Pablo's here, mate, with the nanny, because there's the two extra people. So, mate, it is carnage. Uh, and I am glad it's Monday. The nanny came back at half past eight this morning. I nearly hugged and kissed her on the way in and said, just just to say thank you. But you can't, can you, or can you? You can't, no. Well, I don't think she'd want me to anyway. She's a lovely woman, but she probably opens the door and sees me in my pajamas and is like, Bleh! as well. She's like, so, she's but... like dear daddy pig. <laughs> dear daddy pig. I don't know why she's speaking like it. I mean, is she, is she Russian, your nanny? No, no, she's English. She's a lovely lady. Her son listens to the podcast, so uh, over in America, so big shout out to him. But yeah, I mean, Monday... I'm a whole different man. I got up early and went to the gym because I ate about four tons of chocolate birthday cake. We had a Peppa Pig birthday cake. That picture you put on the group chat of you at the gym or the video of you at the gym where you're kind of like, it's like you're on a bike. I was dying. The millions of people will not be able to know the kind of movement that I'm doing here, but you're on the bike kind of leaning over. And normally what people would do would they posture themselves so if you're if you're at the gym you'd show your traps right so you pull your shoulders forward and you show your big like goldberg traps you ain't got any of them well mate you've got this flap at the at like the top of your shoulder slash neck that's called my chins no it's called mate it's like an, it's like an up udder you've got like an udder <laughs> attached to the front of your neck i couldn't believe what i was seeing it's the first time i've done a proper bike session for a while and yeah i i felt it all i could think of was the pepper pig chocolate cake though that the uh the chef made. We've got a special lady to make a cake. Chloe, big shout out to her. Yeah, I'm so I'm done. I like the, the twins are three. Happy days. We were good parents. We sacrificed our weekend and you know went to hell and back. But they're loving it. The house is full of Peppa Pig stuff now, which I absolutely can't stand. If I hear Peppa Pig once more, that's it. It's, the TV's going out the window. Well, I'll have to get someone to take it off the board. It's 52 inch, so. <laughs> <laughs> and which one? Which one? Well, the one or five about, or six? About seven of them, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's Monday, but I am absolutely fucked from the weekend. I've had a great weekend, though, lads, just if everyone's asking. Um, yeah, went to a local clinic in Edinburgh. I'm getting my blood test done. It's, it's about full body optimization. Look, I, I'm turning 38 soon. To check the piles? Well, I, they, they will do. This is what I'm getting to. They probably will do, or they'll know that they might have to. So I had my blood test done. You get your saliva done. You get your urine sample done. Now, they've given me a box to take home, right? <laughs> they want a stool sample. <laughs> and you've sent me some pictures of your stools. Oh, mate, my God. Is it, I hope it's a big box. Mate, I, genuinely, I would need a black bin bag. And they've, <laughs> they've, they've given me what looks like a matches. You know, like you put, you put like, you like matches. What are you doing yeah. now, Goody? Yeah. You, know, you, like, you know, you like your cigarettes and cigars with. They're matches. That's the kind, kind of box they've given me to put one of my shits in I'm, I'm like how how is that like there's no scoop or anything to take it out but anyway i got given that this morning they t- t- they took about six pints of my blood great blood i'm sure but we'll find out full body optimization lads that's what i'm going for what's the benefit out of that you know what i, I saw a picture of myself you know this whole um you know this thing that's going around on social media how things were how things are what's it called how it started, how it is now, yeah. How it started, how it is now. And then I, I was actually going to put something up of me in my good life playing and then one of myself now. And I literally think I've aged by about 20 years. 
And I didn't even want to put it out there. I thought, I've got to sort this out. I've got to sort. I've got to slow this aging process down. Now, is it the, the fact that I've got four kids? Is it the fact that it's just nature taking its course? Or is there something I could be doing that needs sorting? Now, I don't know whether having your shit looked at is going to say much about it, apart from <laughs> this guy is a disgusting human being and <laughs> he must be eight foot by the size of it. I don't know what they're going to gain by giving me that, but I've invested. Look, you invest in houses, you invest in TVs, Goody, you invest in nannies and chefs. I'm invested in myself. Well, they may not be able to stop the aging process, but they will be able to keep you looking pristine below the waist. Manscaped are supporting us again this week, and they've just launched in the UK, so make sure you go and check them out if you haven't done already. They're the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming. So you guys been shaving downstairs? Yeah, might have been using it. I don't know. Right, Matt, are you meant to grow them all the way through, or I mean, who knows? Look, this is this is this podcast is ridiculous, right? Some of the stuff that we speak about. But I tell you, what's more ridiculous is that I'm sat on the toilet on my phone because that's the half an hour, forty minutes I get a piece in the morning, <laughs> having just used Manscaped, and then for whatever reason, I've googled testicles just because obviously you're caught up in the moment. Did you know that another name for a testicle is tunica vaginalis? Did you know that? You what? Tuna vagina? Tuna tuna fish vaginal (laughs) or something like that. Vaginalis. So I'm sat there on the toilet just reciting what I'm reading and the missus outside the door saying, what are you doing? I said, I'm just, mate, I'm just learning. I'm just, I'm just giving you, Goody, interesting facts, uh, facts. But mate, yeah, manscapes. There you go. Hey, it gets every man thinking. You can even take it in the shower for the bits you've missed as well. It's waterproof. Blows my mind. 90-minute battery life, lads. It's an absolute game changer. Best bit of kit I've had all year, lads. All year. And it's not been a great year. But it's been a great year of gifts. And that tops it. So it must be good. Just head to manscaped.com and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUGBYPOD. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and using the code RUGBYPOD. Your balls will thank you. Well, let's get into the rugby now. Was it the best European Cup final you guys have ever seen or what? I can't remember a better final. I'll be honest. I was absolutely loving it. Now, let's not be negative about some of the rugby that we've seen off the back of the start-up of rugby, the restart, as they keep saying. But I'm watching that and genuinely, like Eminem says, my palms are sweating, neat weeps forgetting, arms are heavy. And my hands are sweating watching the game. Because I, I don't know why, I just, I was loving it. It could have went either way. That was the thing, right up until the very end. And we spoke about the Bledisloe Cup last week uh, between New Zealand and Australia. That went deep into extra time and it went right down to the wire. You loved, that's how you want to see finals, right? And I think it had it all, didn't it? So you talk about the start, it was exciting. Exeter go ahead early on, then obviously Racing claw their way back in. You've got some unbelievable play. You've got some horrific play. Teddy Ariberen at the start. What the hell are you doing, pal? Mate, what about him <sighs> about to get yanked off at 30 minutes? Mate, What what's going on there? I could see why, though. That, I say that, I'm questioning it. I'm actually thinking to myself, that lad needs to come off, but I feel yeah. bad. I felt bad for saying it out loud. And then you've got, you know, obviously some brilliant tries. Exeter with an unlet Exeter-like performance defensively at times. And then you, you fast forward the way through, you've got Finn Russell throwing those speculators out again that lead to an intercept try, but then he produces a bit of magic as well. But on that pass, Goody, I didn't think that, like, Austin went at him a little bit on comms. Yeah, it ain't on there. 
I'm telling you, All right, a 10. Well, mate, you know. I think it is. I'm watching that and thinking, mate, you've got an overlap. <laughs> That's mate, you've, also, you've also got an international winger in Jack Knoll who can read a play like you wouldn't believe. But he's, do, he's done it before, and that maybe that's why it was so easy to read. But I yeah. saw that, and you might be able to dissect this with your dirty cloth, but I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, mate, go. It is on. But you've, in context, you, you, you talk about the fact that it's a Champions Cup final, the fact that Racing have just scored to, to pull it back, and you think, yeah, you know, just think about a bit of game management sometimes. Some people will look at that and say it's on. A lot of other people will go... It's absolutely not on. Are you saying it's not on then? Mate, I didn't think it was on. Not even for Finn Russell? As a 10, you get a moment to look across at the defensive line and he should see, Jack Noel is only looking at him, and he should see the fact that the numbers, Racing were flat on the edge and he didn't try and loop it over. If he'd have tried to put some a bit more air on it, it was a flat pass, right? So it was actually easier to pick out. Whereas if he'd have tried to take a couple of steps and then chuck some air on it to get it right over the top, he may have got Jack Noel biting in a bit harder and then it opens up to go over the top but he just flinged it and yeah people are going at him for doing that and you know the the one the first half where he's dropped it over the line that's just a horrific pass from Ariba and there's not a lot Finn Russell could do about that which obviously then led to a try afterwards but you know he had some unbelievable moments in the game as well but that is the maverick that he's Finn Russell right and that is the way Racing play but the issue is and you talk about it as the best final we've ever seen I think in terms of European Cup final you think back to some, a lot of the other games have been pretty dull kickfest, haven't they? So the reason it was so exciting was because of those moments, because of those errors, because of the brilliant defensive reads, because of the ability just to chuck it and have a go. And that did pay off for Racing at times. But also, looking back on it, my question would be, as a 10, do you think Finn Russell will think now, oh, maybe I should have just, we should have played a bit more tactically astutely in that area at that time. I could have just turned and kicked it long. You know, hindsight's a beautiful thing, right? That's the way Finn plays. That's why he excites people and people love watching him. But then you're going to get, the, always going to get the argument, British Lions tour in South Africa. Is he going to be first choice 10? A week ago, you'd probably say, give him the keys. Now you're thinking, actually, stick him on the bench if we need to bring someone on to change a game because, actually, you need someone like a Farrell at a 10 uh, to control it. So, mate, it was it was an unbelievable final. It, even down to the last two or three minutes, five minutes, where Nigel Owens gives the penalty for Hidalgo Klein and there's all the uproar around that. Did he come in from the side? Did he Was he onside? He said hands off. The actual first penalty, if you watch it back, should have been against Donica Ryan for flying off his feet at the ruck. So, effectively, it was the right decision to give extra penalty but people are complaining that it was it shouldn't have been a penalty um, and then you go to the end the drama at the end around the, the timekeeper what is he doing smart Tiso mate are the, are the principal timekeeper and they're the sponsor of the referees mate he is a marketing genius mate he is he's a genius mate that yeah guy. I've got it didn't even think about that mate, I was there just you thought, go. You've, well, had, you've had a stinker and Tiso are getting airtime now right mate they're loving it mate that kid's on the dole but the Tiso have got so much more airtime. <laughs> they have. Man, I thought Nigel actually reffed it really well because one of the frustrations that I've had around the breakdown is is like lads will just dip in and touch on the ball and it's a penalty, right? And it's just as easy as that. And the lads know that all you need to do is put your hands on the ball and then there's no real compete at the breakdown. But I actually thought he gave both teams a bit of opportunity to have a bit of a contest at the ruck. I complete, completely agree. Yeah, so that's what I thought. So in that sense, I thought he refed it really well. Yeah. I wasn't saying Nigel had a bad game. I, d- I didn't think he did at all. It's the drama. Yeah. And I, I actually thought that was the right decision, that Exeter should have had a penalty. 
And, you know, he's explained it on social media and he's come out and he's defended, you know, there'd be a lot of rugby fans saying he came in from the side, but wouldn't know the law around where the offside line is when it's right on the goal line. So he hasn't come in from the side and he's made all these points clear. And that's why, you know, he's up there with, you know, the best referees in the world. One thing I did notice about Nige, and I hate to bring this up, he is knocking on a little bit. Do you hear some of the puffing and panting on the old mic? Do you I'm know like, how old he is? I'm like, Nige, I feel you, Nige. Mate, I Googled it as we were watching it because I was like, how old, how old is he? Mate, he's 49. Yeah, unbelievable to still be going. But I did hear the old... And I'm like, mate, I'm sat and watching it and I'm breathing like that as well, Nigel. So you're a better man than me. Mate, I think he's a brilliant ref. Not jumping on the bandwagon. I really do. You know, the the, the penalty at the end, I'm really happy for Sam Hidalgo Klein. Um, You know, he's been on a bit of a journey as a journeyman through no fault of his own. He's been moved on clubs. And you think, right, you're on the bench and we've joked about it. I've been there before. You want to come on, right? for longer than two minutes. But your dream is to make an impact, isn't it? Your dream is to do something that wins you the game, ultimately. You know, whether or not that that's making a line break and scoring the try and throwing an offload out the back door or a grubber or a crossfield kick, and you just stand there like Cantona with your collar up. At what point do you think he thought, I'm coming on here and getting the winning turnover of the game? Like, <laughs> you, you couldn't. You couldn't even script it. But what about Vakatawa on his back? Oh, mate, he's cramped. He's got more cramp mate, than you can ever. I, I get it. You get cramped. You can't. You can't run. Well, I could, mate. You get back in the line, son. Somewhere you can't. <laughs> he's lying on his back. Like, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> he's just having a. He's having a galwar, isn't he? Just having a seagull. Oh, I'm thinking Racing are scoring here. I'm thinking that, that I've got. There's no because there, there was a big momentum shift, weren't there? Yeah. And you're thinking the quality of players that Racing have got. You could kind of see it unraveling a little bit for Exeter. But no, no, no. As we know, mate, unbelievable. Their defence, their defence and their design, we can get into it a little bit more and how much everyone is talking about the culture and the kind of journey that they've been on. There were some performances in that team who stepped it up to a level which I've never seen them before. And we've spoken about them being good players. Me and you were texting about it, about it Goody. Luke Cowan-Sicky. Luke Cowan-Dicky, that is the best I've seen him play ever. He was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Ridiculous. Johnny Hill. Again, we can jump on the bandwagon and we're calling Johnny out here. He was meant to come on the podcast and he said that he can't for unforeseen circumstances. I'm thinking the rib tickler side or whatever has turned into sick tickler, mate, and he ain't well. (laughs) That's the only reason I can think. Mate, the only good reason he could come up with for agreeing to come on our podcast and then saying for unforeseen circumstances he can't is to get rid of that fucking shit beard. Mate, he said, he said to me when we were texting, he said that why would he now? Because he looks horrendous. But look how well he's played since he's had it. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Look how well he's played. So you've got him, obviously Johnny Gray as well. And, and arguably, mate, Johnny Hill's playing better than Johnny Gray. And he's a, he's a season... 100% he is. He, he, yeah, all right, he is. Johnny Hill's got everything though, hasn't he? As a second row, he carries like a beast. His work rate's phenomenal. His defence, the way he's... You see the, 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 the effort that he puts in. You know, the, the amount of tackle stats, the rocks he's hitting, everything like that. He is a proper athlete for a second row, isn't he? He shouldn't be that good, right? And I say that with the utmost respect, just because you... You look at guys that tall, and maybe it's just maybe it's just me in complete denial and making excuses. But you look at Brody Retallick, right? He's always been that good, always. Like he can operate really low. He's great at everything. Johnny Hill has slowly got better and better and better. And you see the modern game now that taller guys don't tend to have as much influence on the game like they used to because of the line out, 
is important, but it's not as important as it was. Everything, when you're watching that game and you're watching the internationals, like you watch the New Zealand-Australia game, everything is about physicality. Everything is about every single player being able to be effective in the carry by making three, four, five metres, breaking the line, in the tackle, not just making the tackle, but absolutely obliterating the opposition. When you're hitting breakdowns, not just hitting a breakdown, and I know that Johnny's won the week before, there was question marks over how he went into that, obviously didn't get cited for it, but his physicality has just, mate, has just risen through the roof, and the fact that he's doing it for 80 minutes, which again, isn't easy. The big thing about Johnny is if you look at him over the last, I think over the last two or three years, since I've really been watching him properly, because I... He's a really good player. B, extra quality. So you see the, a lot of them. And C, you know, Jimmy's your mate. So you kind of notice people a bit more when you know more about them. His frame has got bigger and bigger. Right? He's a tall lad, but his body shape, his shoulders have got much bigger, which makes his head look even smaller than it actually is. Like his, That's why he's got the beard. That's why he's getting the beard. Yeah, his head doesn't look the right size for his body shape because his body shape has gone. He looks like up, up top, he has grown you know, put a load of timber on there, good timber as well. And he's a proper athlete, really good player. And you're talking about some of the forwards, Jim. There was one bloke that you've questioned on this podcast. I've given him big raps. I've been giving him big licks. Ooh. And you were like, you were like, nah, I don't see it. He's only oh, European player of the year mate, now, isn't he? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> mate, but I told you, mate, I told you that I eat my word. Eat my words. I said that a few weeks ago. I'm sorry again. The graft and the work rate that they get through, like the carries, their body... I, you watch the last few minutes. O'Flaherty is about 62 kilos. He's made about three carries in the last few minutes, just propping up from nowhere. I'm like, what's his story? He's just there. He's just got like an awesome name and he's just carving up every week. I'm like, who is this bloke? Man, I don't, <laughs> is he on social media? I don't even, I, man, I never see him. Never, never ever see, I don't see him anywhere. And then he pops up all the time and does something unreal. What's his story then? I think he was at Ospreys, didn't really get much of a look in there. I mean, you imagine him now. I was at Ospreys, now I'm at Exeter Chiefs and I'm a European champion. Ospreys didn't give me a chance. Thanks for not giving me a chance. I'm off to Sandy Park, son. You just look across the board though and it's the way they work. And then you hear some of the interviews after the game and they talk about, and it brought me back to my days at Leicester where training was brutal at times at Leicester. And these boys talk about going hard at training at each other day in, day out. Whereas, you know, we've also been in other environments where training's, absolutely easy and then you shit at the weekend obviously they've got an unbelievable work ethic you see that from them time after time they're having fun doing it you know they have a naked bus on the way home I'm sure that was out as well you know you look across the back line Joe Simmons youngest ever European captain to lift the trophy he must be unbelievable if they're making him captain yeah of that team and you look around the names and you look at the forwards in that pack and I'm a bit old school but I also I've always said that I think a captain should be in the pack. They're, they're in the middle of everything. Mate, look at the players they've got in the pack and they go out to the number 10, who's a young lad as well. Mate, his brother. His brother could captain. No, no, no. We'll give it to him at 10. Unbelievable. Yeah, you think about him now. So he's 23. He's just lifted the Champions Cup as captain. He could be captain at that club for another 10 years. And how many trophies are he going to lift? And he might not play for England. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, Eddie... We'll see about Eddie. We can't talk him up. Don't talk him up, mate, because you know what will happen. He listens to this podcast and he does the opposite of what we say. He does, yeah. Joe Simmons is shit. Um, I think he's the worst player for Exeter ever and he should never get picked for England. Hopefully, people understand that I don't mean that and Eddie's just listened to that bit. So he's going to do the opposite. But yeah, I mean, he's kicking. He's, he's got 28 kicks on the spin. You talk about fine margins. Fine margins in that final were Exeter's efficiency at we all know they get to 22, they pick and go, they end up scoring tries. 
they kicked their goals as well. And that was the difference. Those two facets of the game where it was so harem scarum at times, but when you get your opportunities, Exeter took pretty much all of theirs. Rassin, you go to the Hidalgo Klein turnover, Exeter scored that, don't they? And then the game's won. Rassin obviously missed a couple of kicks. You know, you talk about some decisions. Simon Zebo was their best player. Him and Bernard LaRue were their two best players. They take them both off. Mate, and Shat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camel Shat as well. Apparently he did. But, th- mate, <laughs> why are they taking him off? Exactly. They're th- probably their three most potent players, including Vakatawa. So out of the four players that were their biggest threats in terms of physicality, ball carrying, getting over the game line or creating some th- tries, they took three of them off. Well, we can have a chat now to one of Exeter's heroes from Saturday, Stuart Hogg. Joins us. How are you, mate? Very well, guys. How are you lot? Mate, we're all right, mate. We're, we're great. Just, mate, we're just talking about it. That's all. It's easy for us, mate. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well done. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the Star Club, mate. <laughs> Look at us, eh? Just European greats all sat here having a blather. <laughs> I was going up the uh, the tunnel at the weekend and there was a photo from and you lifted it at Murrayfield, I think, Jim. Um, and you're right in amongst the middle of the photo, mate. I almost thought you were captain of the team. John Terry, John Terry. They called him John Terry. <laughs> Unbelievable scenes. Unbelievable scenes. Well, my first question, Hoggy, is you said you were great, but let's be honest, how fucked are you after the celebrations? That's all people want to know. They want to hear about <laughs> the celebrations because it must have been a naked bus. There must have been, you know, a couple of days now. Oh, it was class. Celebratory beers. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, we had a, a few drinks at the ground first before getting back on the bus and the changing room was unbelievable atmosphere in there after the game and yeah, we were on the bus trip home obviously we've got a, a cracking bus had some fun down there and yeah managed to sneak out for another few beers yesterday with my neighbours so um, yeah, I'm in the doghouse today but uh, it was worth it, it, Mate, worth it, doesn't it. Matter, it doesn't matter Hoggy tell me as your former vice captain and basically one of the, the leaders as you know that, that carried carried Scotland through when you're on that extra bus, right, and it's all kicking off and you're drinking Rob Tickler or Rib Tickler or whatever it is, Joe Simmons is the captain, but who's leading the charge? Who are the lads that are like, yeah, we're taking this bus forward and we're making sure that it's as enjoyable as it can be? There's loads of different boys because the music station's halfway down the bus, so somebody takes charge of that, and then obviously the big dogs are away at the back, so I'm kind of hiding, hiding at the front. But now, like a big Johnny Hill, uh, Luke Cowan, Dickie. Um, no, when Dickie tells you to drink, uh, you fucking drink. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> but that, honestly, as I say, the atmosphere was just electric uh, amongst the boys. So um, we were all having it, Jim. We were all having it. Naked or not? Um, I wasn't naked. That means and someone else was. I actually can't remember if anybody else. <laughs> Mate, we'll just say Rob Baxter was naked. We'll just say that. <laughs> but look, Hoggy, I know that, look, and there's a part of the professionalism here, which we love to adhere to on this podcast. And you've got a game at the weekend, right? And we've been there before, myself and Goody, where you have a European final and you've got to be able to back it up the following week because you're in the final of the Premiership. We're there with Leicester. I remember, Goody, when we were there, we won... Europe or we won the premiership we had Europe the week after and we lost it and we didn't enjoy the game the week before because we had the next big game coming up I think it's really important Hoggy especially from where Extra have come from that you enjoy it right because there's a large part of what Extra do and what you lads do is the enjoyment factor right? 100% for for us we work incredibly hard on the training field on a daily basis we challenge each other um, you can see how close close knit we are as a team but yeah we, we enjoy it like that, the whole part of 
of rugby is, is making memories on and off the field and uh, to have a, an opportunity to to have a few beers with your best mates after a, a massive win like that, you know, it's, it's the best feeling ever. And that's the probably the, the most enjoyable part of being a rugby player. Um, but for me, as you say, this is the kind of the thing for us now is we've got an opportunity to back it up this week. So now we're back to being back to being rugby players again and, and getting on with our next job. So now we've got a chance of doing a double. So we're absolutely buzzing for it. And uh, here's hoping we can do it. And just talking about the game and the emotion of it, you always talk about the finish to a game as to how much emotion there is. And it was kind of a weird finish, wasn't it? First and foremost, that last few minutes where you defended your line, I saw you, Hoggy, you're in at guard about four times. I'm like, Hoggy, just protect the lid, mate. Get out on the edge. Just get out on the edge, protect the lid. But you were making tackle after tackle. But then Sam Hidalgo-Klein gets that turnover. And that's hopefully, for you guys, the game there. But just talk me through the emotions of that because it was a massive defensive effort, especially after Thomas Francis got yellow carded. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I started getting a wee bit squeaky bum time when finally got the yellow. But look, that's just, it shows a character within the squad that we will fight for absolutely everything right to the death. And as you say, I think, what was it? Maybe 15, 20 phases or something they must have gone through in our in our 22. But that's, that's how much it meant to us. We wanted to, to hold them out. We wanted to win that game. And a little scrum half gets the glory for the for the turnover at the end. Like so now look as I say, that's that's what we pride ourselves on. We pride ourselves on working hard and, and making sure our defence is, is rock solid. So to keep rassing out, fair play to the boys, like. Yeah, mate, it was unbelievable. And we spoke about Sam Hidalgo Klein, and the millions of listeners might not know who he is or might not have heard of him because of his kind of backstory and, and the fact that he's moved around with a few different clubs and never really got an opportunity. But something that me and Goody were speaking about is what Exeter managed to do is, one, they recruit really well. That includes yourself, Johnny uh, Johnny Gray as well. We were chatting about O'Flaherty on the wing, Sam Hidalgo-Klein. How does Exeter and the coaches get the best out of these players? Is it just the stars aligning? Or is there something behind the scenes that's going on that gives these guys confidence to be able to go and do stuff like that on the biggest stage? I think there's, there's a few different things. I think for us, first and foremost, we're given a licence to go out and express ourselves. Um, you know, Rob's massive on that. Ali's huge in it as well. Like, you know, we're all about creating highlight moments, um, you know, for yourself, because if you're creating a highlight moment for yourself, that means that something's going to be, you know, happening well for the team. I've never been involved in a, in a, in a team in a long, long time that I've just gone out and I know fine well that we're going to win the game. Um, and it's not it's not an arrogance from our part. It's just I've got a huge amount of confidence and belief in my, in my teammates that, that we're going to do a job. And that's, that's the big thing. We, we just get the license to go out and express ourselves. And you know, we've got the best job in the world. Um, so go make the most of it. Did you not have that confidence when Jim was vice-captain of Scotland then? or Mate, as, as, as Jim said back in the day, keep it under 50 and we'll go out. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jim giving away about 45 penalties in the first half. Um, obviously, this we talked about this being your first year at Exeter. Um, you go there as a sign-in and people are saying, Hoggy can be the difference between nearly winning trophies like the Premiership, you know, losing the final and then taking that next step in Europe as well, which you've clearly taken. You've p- clearly been part of a, a brilliant team and you've had an, an amazing season as well. How much pressure did you think was on your shoulders personally? And have you been rocking around the change room now saying, lads, I'm the difference, it's all about me? <laughs> uh, I, think, I, think, I think it's been a long time coming for the club. Look, I think it was a photo of um, 10 years ago, the boys got promoted. So I think the good thing is that the, a lot of the boys have had experience of playing in massive games. They've been in the last four finals um, and been beaten in three of those. But that's like, you know, a vital learning curve, learning experience that the boys have, have now uh, had a shot of. It has been a long, long time coming. And, you know, I spoke to, to Rob Baxter and Ali for about two years ago now. 
and they told me this club will achieve something extra special and that's just something I wanted to be a part of and to have done it in the first season I think timing's absolutely everything I've came at the right time it's all a bit lucky but as I say the boys are putting some hard graft over the years to get us into this position so you know I've, I've absolutely loved this season I probably the one of the most enjoyable seasons I've ever had um, I've played pretty much every single week and you know I think the big thing when I left Scotland was that I was only playing kind of four games and having a week or so off I could never get any form doing that but playing here every single week like I'm absolutely loving it the body's absolutely battered but I'm enjoying it and at the end of the day we've just taken all my European trophies so you know what I'm not complaining about anything no, mate, it's quite incredible, mate. I'm I'm absolutely pumped for you. One of the things after the game, it's kind of gone a bit viral, was your photo with Finn enjoying a beer. I put a tweet out there. I said iconic or ironic, and it was just a little bit of a kind of tongue-in-cheek gesture because of Finn's fallout with Scotland for having a beer, and then he's with his captain, but one of his best mates having a beer after the game. Look, so it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but how nice was it to be able to share a mo- moment with Finn after the game? Because I know that you two are really tight. You're the shining lights of Scotland rugby. You have been for for years and years and from a Scottish perspective it's great that he's back in the mix so it's probably a you know a kind of two-pronged question really uh, how was Finn after the game obviously naturally disappointed I think but how is yours and his relationship after the fallout of uh, Scotland and him obviously not being in the squad I think that we'll go back to the fallout stuff like what's what's happens happened we can't we can't change anything like it I've, from my point of view it was all blown way out of proportion of what actually happened like Finn and I are very, very good mates, and I wanted to to go and see how he was after the game. Um, we said, you know, in the lead up to the game, that we'd we'd have a beer um, or, or two, uh, two beers after the two, two. after the game together, <laughs> just to see. Um, but now, like as I say, he's a very good mate of mine. I wanted to see how he was. Johnny Gray is actually really quite disappointed because Johnny Gray was sitting next to us as well. He, <laughs> he, he didn't he, even he, get he, in the picture. Um, so he's like ah, Hoggy like this is, looks really really bad it looks like I've not come to see how Finn's getting on he's just literally been cutting the ball <laughs> um, but now like it was good like I think for me that's that's part of rugby as, as I say is, is having having a beer with your opposition and it just so happens that he's one of my best mates so and I wanted to see how he was obviously I was disappointed that for him that he, he didn't get the win so it was kind of it was a weird feeling but now he was he was he was chuffed a bit so we had a couple of beers a, a good blather and he's absolutely buzzing to be back in camp this week so you know, he can get his 50th cap this week. So it's a big week for him. No, mate. And he's been phenomenal as well. You know, one game, I still, I, mean, I thought he was brilliant as well in the final, to be fair. I thought watching you two and Johnny and obviously Sam as well um, and, and the, the other Sam player, I think it's brilliant for Scottish rugby. And that probably brings me on to another question around the Scottish rugby thing, because one of the things that, you know, we've kind of joked about and I've joked about as well, because if I didn't joke about it, I'd cry, was around the success. And one thing that you mentioned, and this is one thing that I had when I was at Saracens whatever game we were in even if we were 10-15 points down I was still convinced that we'd win the game with the quality of players that we had from the bench <laughs> from, from wherever mate from the bench from the stands mate but with Scotland mate if we got into that position we were fucked and that, there was there was like no coming back I can't remember of any game being three points down and we've come back so the question is is a lot of people think that this Scotland team can do something we've said it for years haven't we it's been one of the things that I spoke about when I was in my prime at 23 this is it this is the season with your experiences right and winning a European Cup and with Finn playing so well and you've got other guys Johnny Gray there as well he's an integral part of the Scotland team what kind of things as captain of Scotland do you think you'll take 
and and kind of taken to camp and taken to, you know, the whole organisation of actually this is what we need to do to become winners. This is what we need to do to get onto the next level. Yeah, there's a few things. I think first and foremost, like we looked at how we played over the last kind of three or four years. We'd score maybe four, sometimes five tries in a game, but concede about six or seven, and our defence was absolutely abysmal. Um, and we, we started getting really stressed about the way we defended and at times I just had no idea what we were doing but since since Steve Tandy's came in like I think he just gives us the confidence to go out there and spend time in the tackle just make our hits nose everything up uh, as much as we possibly can but the big thing that I've tried since becoming captain was, was just saying our ability to bounce through mistakes because they're going to happen throughout the game you're going to make a mistake it's just how we react to it and not make the same mistake again Everything that pretty much Rob Baxter and Ali Heifer tell me on a weekly basis, I take back and do the exact same as Scotland. Go out there and have some fun, um, make some memories. Because I think it was before the France game, I said that great memories are built on the back of great opportunities. And we had the chance to, to knock over uh, France, who were going unbelievable in the first few games of the Six Nations. Um, I just had a, I had a really good feeling about that game, and we, we absolutely battered them. Um, that's, what we, that's what we can do. But for me, it's, it's the ability to back it up the week after as well. Like we went across to, to Italy and, and didn't concede any points. Um, so I felt towards the end of the Six Nations, we were in a very, very good place. And now the challenge is to get right back up there and make sure that wasn't just a one-off. Because we are capable of winning big games. It's just our ability to back it up, as I say. But for us, we're a relatively young squad that have got, um, again, vital experience again, that hopefully we can start to achieve something special. The biggest thing that I've said was um, not to put like unnecessary pressure on ourselves by saying we're going to win this, that, and other. Because let's let's be re- realistic, we're not going to win the Six Nations if we're not going to be winning, you know, individual Test matches. So for us going at the World Cup, obviously you kind of believe that you could do something at the World Cup. But we were going around saying we're going to win the World Cup, and unfortunately we didn't even qualify. So I just think we put maybe a little bit too much pressure on ourselves. But look, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the opportunity to lead. I'm enjoying the the challenges that come with it. And hopefully the boys are enjoying themselves as well. So now we've got Finn back as well. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have some fun. We're going to get a smile on our face and, and hopefully uh, win some big test matches. And the big thing for us is inspiring the nation. So hopefully we're going to do that. And on that, mate, we're talking obviously now the couple of days after you've won the Champions Cup, you've got the Premiership final this weekend. But it is for you non-stop as well, isn't it? Um, you then you go into the other Six Nations games. You've got the Autumn International Cup or whatever it's called as well. You said your your body's battered and bruised. Is that just the hangover, or is it? You know, you're good to go, and you'll be really excited to pull on the blue jersey as well. No, I'm absolutely buzzing. I think obviously the fact we missed um, what was it six months of rugby uh, due to lockdown. I think it gave it gave us all a, ch- a time to um, recharge the batteries and rest up a bit because you're never. You're never going to have that time off ever again. I think the longest I had off was four weeks prior to that. So I feel like I'm in I'm, I'm in a good place uh, physically. I just want to play rugby. I want to play rugby. I've, I've missed out on huge games over the last few years with all the injuries. And I'm just going to enjoy it. I mean, it's a bit scary to say, but I'm in the, the second half of my career. So I just want to enjoy absolutely everything and, and be involved in, in all the games. So uh, I've already told Greg that I want to play in, in every game. He said he's going to have to check how my body is and how I'm playing for a start. But I said, look, I want to play rugby. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully I can. Well, you're going to miss the Scotland-Georgia game. I mean, your man. Imagine playing against Georgia. <laughs> well, you know, they, you know, they nearly beat us in the World Cup, Hoggy, in 2011. I don't know, were you there or not? No, I came in just after that, Jim. Mate, smart, yeah. Well, believe it or not, we nearly got beat by Georgia and Romania. 
Just blame, <laughs> just blame Andy Robinson. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Or, the, or the vice captain. Yeah, of course, whatever. But as the lads are preparing to play Georgia, mate, you, you, you lads have got another final. We, we spoke about the build-up to that. We don't know, mate, it could be Bristol's. Oh, my semi. I mean, who knows what's going to happen over the next few days. But um, how does the week look for, for you lads? Obviously, a professional outfit. You mentioned you enjoy it, and rightly so. Absolutely, you need to go and enjoy that because you don't know when the next European final and a win is going to come. How does the training week look like in the lead-up to Twickenham this weekend? Yeah, we'll just go back to our normal week. Uh, we train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and nothing really changes for us. That, that's that's the key, is just having everything as normal as you can get it. I think for us now, we're in today, ticked off all our recovery uh, and ready to fire into to training tomorrow. So like it's it's a bit of a strange week in terms of, you know, hopefully it's going to be wasped. I don't know what the what the crack is, but uh, we'll just concentrate on ourselves and make sure we get get our jobs right and, and give ourselves every opportunity at picking up a, another piece of silver, which would be awesome. Yeah, I'll be honest, mate. I hope you don't win. I've got to say that because I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a Wasps employee. But um, what I will say, though, is you mentioned earlier about a couple of mistakes and not making mistakes. 2020 has been an interesting year for you. And I'm just going to go up, up north here. I'm just going to go up top to the hairline because you have made a couple of mistakes with the hair. You had the old bleach out early on. But I'm looking at it now, and I looked at it at the weekend – that is the best mane I've ever seen from... It's it unbelievable. Is, it's phenomenal. Good, isn't it? Every mistake you made earlier in the year, shaving it, dying it, it just looks unbelievable now. You've I mean, totally I, redeemed yourself. <laughs> is that, the missus must be happy with that as well, eh? She's not enjoying the fact that I, I take her, um, blow, her hair dryer every morning to get the quiffs <laughs> off. Um, nah, like, honestly, I, I, I don't know what to say on it. Mate, you're <laughs> laughing, <laughs> mate. It is. It's, laughing. it's that good. It is laughable. <laughs> mate, honestly, I like, for, where, for where it was at, uh, and how it is now. It's amazing what, what you can do with it. With money, with money, with money, with money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. I'll, I'll quote Jim Hamilton because he said, Hoggy's gone from a three out of 10 to a five out of 10 because of the lid now. So <laughs> I just can't believe it. I think he's out of order, mate. I think you're more hey, of a seven I'll, or an eight, I'll to be honest. It. I'll take it. John Barton only gives me a, a two and a half. So I'll take the five and a half. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Yeah, best of luck with the doing the double and also when you get back into that Scotland setup as well. Cheers, guys. Take care. Cheers, mate. Come on the wasps, hopefully. Hoggy, cheers, mate. Chief, chief, chiefs, mate. Got, got to say that, Hoggy. Did you say come on wasps or come on Georgia, <laughs> mate? You're horrible. <laughs> now, come on Scotland. <laughs> Top bloke. Top bloke, mate. Absolute he is. legend he is, isn't he? Mate, what a bloke. Has he been on the cigars or not? Mate, how fucked. They've had it hard for a couple of days, haven't they? And rightly so as yeah. well. Mate, he's a lovely bloke, Hoggy is. Yeah, Wears his heart on his sleeve. And he is a player that has evolved... Not just as a player, but as a bloke, mate, he's almost unrecognisable when he's talking. And you know what? That's credit to him. He made a big decision to leave Glasgow, his home, proper Scotsman, to move to Exeter. We know it's a great culture, but it's a big move. And like you said, you said you said on there, the expectation was on his shoulders. There's a few other reasons why Exeter have won that final, but he's a big part of that as well. And from a Scottish perspective, he's put his hand up to be captain. Now, there is no other man that could do it. He is like he is the man to do it. He's Scotland's best player, arguably Scotland's best player in the professional era. He's Scottish. That helps. That helps. <laughs> it helps. True, you know, absolutely Scottish. Mate, but he's mate, he's the Champions Cup winner now. Yeah. And that's ultimately what the Scotland team need. They need winners. They need people that have been in winning environments that couldn't transfer them skills into the national team. And hey, and there's not been many of us that have been able to do that. <laughs> but uh, I know we joke about it, but f you know, from my and I'm there's a slight, you know, 
bias on my side because I am Scottish, but Matt, I think I think I think he's great for the game. I think he's great for Scottish rugby and it is, mate. And it's interesting. You hear him speak then. He's gone from being really well looked after in terms of how much he plays at Glasgow. And Glasgow were a proper outfit as well when he was there. You know, they won the Pro 14, didn't they? You know, he's obviously playing for Scotland. He's been well looked after playing, you know, getting rest weeks and all that stuff. But I love the fact that he just said, I want to play rugby. I want to play every week. I want to play for Scotland every game in the, the autumn. He's loving playing every week at Exeter. He's played probably more rugby in terms of games played, not necessarily over this time because of COVID or whatever, but in terms of the amount of games, matches he's played this season, it's phenomenal. And it's great to hear someone, instead of moaning about how much rugby there's been played, he just wants to play every week because he fucking loves it. And rightly so, when, you win a, when you're in a winning environment like he is at Exeter and you know, you're having fun, you're enjoying it, you're loving your environment, you're loving the lads. And it's a bit easier when you're winning, of course it is, but... Fair play for someone to come out and just say, I want to play every game. I don't want to be looked after. I don't want one week on, one week off or whatever. He's right in the mix. He's earned his money at Exeter as well. You know, let's not beat around Jim's bush. It's gone there for a decent sum of coin, hasn't he? Of course he has. He deserves it. He's a, you know, one of the best fullbacks, if not the best fullback in the world. But he's playing week in, week out. And he's getting, they're getting value for money from him. So it's a, a brilliant signing, obviously. You know, it's a statement signing and they've made the step and they're European champions. And I'm just glad a proper top Scottish player is now a European champion as well, Jim. Not just one like yourself who had two minutes off the bench. Mate, don't be horrible about oh, me. Sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry. But I'll tell you what, I'm calling out Johnny Hill, mate. You were meant to come on. This was your moment, mate. So we're calling you out next week. Next week, when you beat Wasps. No, not when, mate. And there were two European champions to come out of England over the weekend as well. What do you guys make of Bristol's win over Toulon in the Challenge Cup final? Bristol's. Bristol's. They were brilliant. Um, and, you know, they've been building. Extra have had this journey. Bristol are on the start of that journey. And they've got world-class players. But actually, it's some of the... Yes, they've got Randrander and he rips it up. And, you know, they've got Piotr. He doesn't play. Nathan Hughes, quality player, doesn't play. Harry Randall at nine... Fastest ever European try. What a star that was. They made a decent Toulon team look bang average, didn't they? They were always Mate, in okay. control for me. Toulon, you're in a final. How bad's the discipline? Yeah. Like... So French. But what what other teams do you see behaving like that? But... Um, Mate, Bristol, I agree. Like, we look, we've spoke about them all season. We've jumped on... Well, I have anyway. <laughs> I've jumped on the Bristol's bandwagon. They're, it's brilliant. Mate, how good was Max Malins in the final? You know what? He He's really kicked on as well because yeah. I was... Again, at Saracens, looking at some of the young lads coming through, you're earmarking Marrow. You could see that Ben Earl was going to come through. And Max Malins is probably the same era as Ben Earl. And you're thinking, oh, I don't know. You know, is, is he big enough is, is what I'm thinking. Because he's quite, mate, he's skinny. He, you know, he's not the biggest of lads. But, mate, he's, he's got the opportunity to play, hasn't he? At Saracens, he was getting the opportunity. But, mate, at Bristol, zzz, He's got the opportunity. He's been carving up, and that, that's the thing, isn't it? So at Saracens, obviously, he's been behind Alex Good. There they signed. They had Liam Williams, and obviously Elliot Daly came as well. So he was always that kid coming through that would play if someone else was not fit. And it, actually, he's doing a little bit of, of that now at Bristol because Piertel wasn't fit. But my God, he scored eight tries in nine games since the restart. Since he's gone there, so if you're talking about impacts, he's had a hell of an impact. And you know, Ben Earl played well as well. It was you know it, it fully deserved, and I was so happy for everyone at Bristol because you're right you know people have jumped on the bandwagon a bit but we've spoken about you know Pat Lamb came on the podcast talked us through stuff you know they're so open with everything their social media everything they're doing is you know trying to push that club forward at a rate of knots and they're doing it with empathy around the city and the culture and and the togetherness of a group that they're trying to create 
Um, and it's brilliant. And do you know what, Jim? You're going you're gonna to agree with me. You're English, aren't you, Jim? Because English clubs, for the first time since 2004, have won both the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup. So, mate. We've done it. We've done we've it. We've done it. There you are. There he is. But, we, you know what? I did make this comment because, look, you don't want to be too negative about the situation that you find ourselves in. But, mate, rugby has been fucked. It has. Like we've spoken about it, the money around it, the whole stuff around Saracens, the RFU, the, the, the stuff that's coming out of there, the Sevens being disbanded. So there's loads of things to be negative about, no fans. But then actually you look at the weekend and you're actually like, right, the future is bright. From yeah. an English rugby perspective, from the Premiership and from the growth of the game at the kind of top level. I know underneath there's, you know, there's loads of stuff that needs to happen in terms of finances. But the fact that, like you just mentioned there, the Bristol's have won Europe and extra of one Europe, Europe, it's it's huge, and I think it's brilliant, and I'm 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 happy to be a quarter English. Well, we'll get on to your feature in just a minute, Jim. But first, Budgie Smuggler are on board with us again this week, and we've had loads of weird stuff come in this week. But the limited edition rugby pod budgies definitely go to George H, who found out that his granddad and a friend brought a dead elephant from the London Zoo to harvest and sell maggots from the carcass. That's weirder than weird fish, isn't it, guys? Mate, who, who wants maggots? Who wants an elephant carcass? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a better point, actually. Yeah, that's a better point. Maybe it's the maybe it's the bones. I don't know. Probably for fishing. Get involved and keep sending us the weirdest thing you've seen this week. Just tweet us or send us the weirdest thing you've seen or heard, whether it's on social media, in the news, or from your local club, and tag us and at Budgie Smuggler and you will be in with a chance of winning a pair of budgie smugglers. And check out their website as well, because they've got masks, hoodies, shirts, and jumpers for sale in their winter range. So head to Budgie Smuggler UK if you're interested in those. Right, well, Carol's uh, going to be back again soon, but she's filming this week. Uh, Jim, it is time for your favourite segment, isn't it? Well, again, it's not my favourite segment. It's the millions of people out there. But there's a couple that don't like it. There's a couple of people coming at me saying... They turned off after the riddle. Mate, turn them off. Mate, we might lose you. We might lose you. It's my favourite bit, Jim. Mate, it's the peel back that does them, I think. I think that that's the thing. So we will be mixing it up. But look, Carol loves it. She absolutely loves it. So she's sent us the riddle. And who are we to deny her the fact of me solving it? And that's what it is. Jim will solve it. Riddle me this, lads. Riddle me that, Carol, wherever you are. We miss you. We miss you. We miss you a lot. Jim will solve it, everyone. Everyone in the garage is looking at me, including the bikes, the what bike, and the punch bags, and the dog. <laughs> Peelback! I know I'm a weirdo. It's my <laughs> segment back. Okay. Use the numbers two, three, four, and five and the symbols plus and equals to make a true equation. So use the numbers, I'm going to write it down, two, three, four, and five, okay, and the symbols plus and equals to make a true equation. Ah, right, Carol, the old numbers. I don't want to put pressure on you, Jim, but this is dog easy. Really? Is yeah. It, is it as simple as it looks? For some. Okay, well, well, I've not even had a chance to work it out yet, so I can, you can, I can tell you that in a minute. Let me just see. Two times three, three, four, five. You can't have times, mate. It's just plus and equals. Stop overcomplicating it, pal. 
So it's obviously plus. So I'm, pl- I'm, I'm adding something together to make something, aren't I? That's all you can use, yes, Jim. Well, that's what I mean. But it's not like, oh, as in three equals 45 or uh, and a two or whatever. Just use the numbers once and plus and equals to make an equation. So I'm going to put plus in the middle, right? So I need to put the numbers on either side. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. That's basic arithmetic, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> Oh, what, let me just, I, I need to get it, so I don't want your help. So, 23 plus 4 equals 5. Where's 23 come from? Well, no, I'm putting 2 and 3 together, so I'm using them numbers. Don't overcomplicate it, Jim. I've said this. Just use the singular numbers once with the plus and the equals. So, 2 plus 3 equals 5. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the 4? <laughs> That's the wrong. <laughs> Well, but I'm using them numbers, mate, to make an equation. Do I need to use every single one of them? Every number, Jim. Three plus four. What does that equal, Jim? Seven. Five plus two. Hey! Yeah, so two, three plus four, five plus two. Oh, here we go. I, I still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Write the equation. Okay. Did Miss Good not teach you equations? When the hell have I done equations <laughs> in my life? A quarter. <laughs> quarter? That's a fraction. 3 equals. plus 4 equals 7. 2 plus 5 equals 7. But what does it equal in terms of these numbers that are in front of you? So 3 plus 4. Yeah. 5, five plus 2. And where's the equals? Well, it equals 7. <laughs> Where did, what did you say earlier on about the equals? You put the equals in the... In the middle. Hey! So, if you say it out... 3 plus 4 equals 3 plus 2. Yeah! Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. Okay, hang on. So. <laughs> it's, my hand, it's my handwriting. <laughs> 3 plus 4. So the equation is 3 plus 4 equals 5 plus 2. Yeah! <laughs> that isn't easy. Like, I genuinely, that is not easy. You had, must have had a terrible maths teacher. Who was your maths teacher? Horrible, horrible woman. She's absolutely rinsed me. Who would have known that it's come to the fore now? That we've got to a point now in my life at nearly 38 and I'm, I can't even do math riddles. We probably need to change it. Beck screaming, you need to change it. It's shocking. Do not shout peel back. I am, I'm going to, because that's all I've got today. Lads, riddle me this. Riddle me that. I'll be honest, I didn't solve that one. Beck, it's time. Peel back. <laughs> Well, as we uh, spoke about earlier, Exeter are back again this week, uh, back in action with the Premiership final. But who? Who are they going to? Who are they going to be playing? Goody, you must know, mate. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, the news has come out around Wasps, and the first thing I will say is every club that could be involved in this final has still got to get through a round of testing. Mate, we're asking you with your the contacts at the club: Are they in or are they out, mate? That's it. Forget the other clubs. What's happened at Wasps? No one knows because it's all got to be around the testing. So they've got their usual testing on Tuesday. Now, what's happened with Wasps is we heard at the back end of last week that there were seven positive tests at the club. They're the lads who've been swimming in the canal. (laughs) They might have been swimming in the canal looking for your shoebox, Jim, with the old monster turd in it. But those seven people, they weren't all players. Um, I think it was possibly four players and three staff. Um, none of them were involved, none of the players were involved in the match day 23 that beat Bristol's in the semi-final the week before. And as soon as they found out, they've isolated everyone, they cancelled training. Luckily for Wasps, the, they had the weekend off, there was no game for them last weekend, so they've got the extra time. They've put an extra set of tests in themselves, and we've seen today, being Monday, that 
Um, they've had four new cases. But interestingly, and here's the big thing, of those four new cases, my sources tell me two of them are false positives. So it's fake news is what you're, you're saying. It's, it's a fake bit of fake news. news, but the way it Mate, gets Dr. reported... Dr. Goody, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. The way it gets reported are four positive tests, but two of them are false positives. So they've got another bout of tests on Tuesday. So we'll find out on Wednesday. And it'll be like any normal premiership game, right? So if your tests come back positive on the Wednesday um, and you've got a number of cases, then you have to forfeit the game. And that's what we'll find out. They, they did another round of testing over the weekend to try and sort of speed up the process of finding out if there is a greater issue so that Premiership Rugby could then make a contingency plan around it. And obviously the the original contingency that we're looking at is Bristol Bristol coming and play that final, which Mental. is crazy because they got absolutely hosed in the semi. But also they've just been to France where, lo and behold, the R rate is ridiculous apparently. So yeah, they've got a bout of testing tomorrow morning. Bristol have as well. They've put their end of season piss up on hold. And you hear Pat Lamb saying, listen, we don't want to be in the final. We want the final to be played with the best two teams, Exeter, obviously, and Wasps, you know, who both won their semi-finals outright. And it would be farcical if Bristol got in. Pat Lamb says his missus wants to go on holiday, which is probably right. But if they are there, they'll play it. But, you know, I just hope that, and I'm sure everyone hopes for the integrity of the competition, that Wasps, when they have their next round of testing, they've done everything they can to try and contain whatever outbreak there is the tests come back as, as many negative as possible. They're not over a certain threshold. And we get to see Exeter play Wasps in the final in a, an environment that's safe for everyone's well-being because that's the most important thing around this. People can say, who's going to be in it? You know, I saw tweets at the weekend of people saying, oh, it could still be Saracens in the final because actually, you know, Exeter might fail theirs. Bristol might fail theirs. Wasp might fail theirs. Then where do you Could go you then? imagine? Could you Could you absolutely imagine? <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? And they probably win as well. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't reckon they will, Jim. But I tell you what, it's for me, for the integrity of the game, and I don't know what the, the money and the commercials are around it, Exeter just needs to be given the title, I think, if that's the case. Pat Lamb said it like you said, Goody. They don't want to be in it. You don't want to come in the back door, do you? Oh, it depends. Oh, you, oh, you do. It depends. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> it depends because if you're sneaking in your house late and your missus thinks you'll be back at 12 and it's four in the morning. Or it's 12 in the afternoon. Just say you said 12 in the afternoon, mate. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you've you got to go through the back door and sneak up the, the side stairs and get to the, one of the spare rooms in the east wing. And then, you know, oh, I came back at 12, love. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, every, I think everyone wants to see extra play wasps in the final, don't they? Speaking of wasps, uh, Goody, you caught up with one of their most important men, Jimmy Gopeth, didn't you? Yeah, I wouldn't say one of their most important. I would say their most the. important. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, great bloke as well. Have a listen to this. No, look, we haven't changed our structure at all since since Dyer was here because Lee, Lee pretty much took the structure. Yeah. Uh, so that hasn't changed one little bit. The whole shift in mentality is we're a decision-making team and don't be afraid to make mistakes. If you make a mistake, but it's the right option, you will not get crucified for it. It's all about just having your, have been able to, to make a decision from what you see in front of you um, and what best fits that sort of moment. And if that's running from five metres out from your own goal line, then that's, that's what it is. If it's a five on two from five metres out, you take it. Whereas before it'd be a little bit like, mm, should we or shouldn't we? Now the boys are just like, bang, we're gone. And it's, I suppose it's just that freedom is just per se to be able to back yourself to make those decisions. But the thing is, everyone's on the same page. So, you know, when we see those opportunities, everyone will go. And sort of that's what, we've still got our structure, but 
we're a decision-making team and it's up to us to make those decisions, but there's a little bit more freedom for the guys to, to back themselves to make those decisions. There you go. Just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod if you like the sound of that. It's just a few quid a month for loads of extra interviews and features, and we couldn't do all this without you. So a massive thank you to everyone who signed up for your support. Well, it's been a long wait, but the Six Nations is back this weekend, and even more exciting than that, the Guinness Pint Predictor from Match Pint is back, meaning you can win a free pint every weekend this autumn by predicting the results. Do you guys remember how you're going in the rugby pod lead? Mate, let's just start a new competition now, shall we? No, mate, let's carry on, mate. Nah, mate, it's a new tournament, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's Well, actually, just looking at the scores on the doors, and as we know, I like my numbers, I'm just looking here. I don't even know if I can say in mine, but I'm going to because Goody's that bad. I am 563rd out of 4,459 players, which is actually the right Goody. That's decent, mate. That is decent. Mate, actually, yeah, who would have thought being 563rd would be decent? But compared to Goody, who is 3,136th, that is absolutely abysmal for someone who claims to be an expert in ruggers. I don't think I've ever said I'm an expert. What I do know is I've got really fat fingers and I must have pressed the wrong ones. That must have been my problem, to be that low in the league. Shocking. All right, well, who's winning this weekend and by how much? How mental is it that there's a, a Premiership final and the Six Nations and England Barbars are playing and Scotland are playing Georgia in a friendly on Friday, which I'm at on, and it's on ITV if anyone wants to watch me. Um, anyway, back to the more important match point predictor. Well, I'm obviously going to go Ireland by 20. Really? Well, why? Why do you look... I think they'll win by a fair few more than that. So I'm going to go Ireland, but I'm going to go Ireland by 40. What? Yeah. That is why you're 3,100 and you're 4,000 in the table. That is why, because, mate, your head's not screwed on anymore. (laughs) By 40? Yeah, why not? 40, I'm going to say it's going to be something like 47-7. Which is a forty-point difference, Jim. I can see. Yeah, you're I'm, to work I'm, that no, out. I'm just working. Sure. Out. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we're going to be playing this right the way through to December for the upcoming international games. That's twenty games to predict and twenty chances to win a free pint. Don't worry if you weren't playing back in the spring. You can still join and win yourself free pints each weekend. To play, just download the Match Pint app from all good app stores and predict the winner and margin each game. Give it a go and make sure you join our league as well using the code RugbyPod. Right, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly. And Suns are back on board again this weekend, aren't they, Goody? Yeah, they're here. They're with us. They're helping us. Jim's lid's on point. His lid is looking that good that he's now worried about the rest of his body, so he's gone for this other test. So uh, you're enjoying the Suns, aren't you, Jim? Matt, I'm loving it. And you know what? I reckon Hoggy is a secret Suns user. I think he's one of the sons, mate. I'll be honest. See what I've done there. So, yep. mate, it's working. People are asking about it. They're everywhere. And if Hoggy's happy, I'm happy. And I look, do I look as good as him? No. Mate, yeah, yeah, I do. Mate, he's a, he's a five out of ten. I'm an eight. So, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 mate, I am. Thank you, sons. Thank you. Sons is a men's health brand that's helping guys with one of the key issues that they don't often talk about, how to keep their hair. They do this by offering free online consultations with GPs, providing a range of licensed and medically proven products for preventing and treating hair loss and delivering via a monthly subscription service direct to your door. They get results in 9 out of 10 men too and you can take the consultation in less than 2 minutes. So visit sons.co.uk and use the code RUGBYPOD20 to get 20 quid off your first order. That's S-O-N-S .co.uk and the code is rugbypod20 so go and check them out and show here loss who's boss
Yeah, loads of good as ever this weekend. Uh, we'll start off in your country, Andy Rowe. Thank you. In New Zealand. How good. What a test match. It was nearly packed. It was nearly full, wasn't it? I think it was full. No, nah, nah, it wasn't. Nah. Nah, it wasn't, mate. Still wasn't full. But what was full was Caleb Clark and his boots were full of absolute power. He was ridiculous. He's the new Jonah Lomu. I don't want to build him up too much, but... That's what it was like. Mate, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? You, mate, you don't see players like, like This is the thing. And we spoke about it when we spoke about the extra racing game. The, there ain't much in it when it comes to physicality. Mate, there's no one, no one in the game at a top-level test match that is doing what Caleb Clark was, did at the weekend. No one. He beat 14 Australian defenders and his first test starts. I mean, what a test start that is. 14 defenders beaten, absolute beast mode. So quality from him. Uh, what else is good? Well, we're going to go to Scottish and Saracens rugby, James. Where? What? Swino. What a oh. legend. Tim Swinson, he's been named in the Bar Bars gym. What a absolute legend. It's great news, that is. It's, he, that's mate, good. No, it's, he, he, there's something going on here. There's something going on. <laughs> he's, got, he's got something on Vern. He's got yeah. something on Vern Cotter, who is coaching the Bar Bars, who picked Swino for the 2015 World Cup, having done three minutes of pre-season training and fast-tracked him into the team. There's something going on. I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. That ain't in the good. That ain't in the good. It, it is, but I'm going to have to name it in the good because it is. Um, what else is good? We'll, we'll talk about English rugby, Jim. You're a proud Englishman. Quarter, yeah. What we got? Just English rugby in general. We've got two clubs that have won the European Challenge Cup and the European Champions Cup. First time since 2004 that we've won both trophies, Jim. We have. And you're proud of that, aren't you? Yeah, I, t- I said that earlier, mate. Yeah, English, of course, I'm, mate. There we go. He's English. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, what else is good? Well, let's talk about the two teams then. Obviously, Bristol's first and foremost on Friday night lifted their first significant piece of silverware for 37 years. And I say significant piece of silverware. People are going to come at me and go, they won the championship when they got promoted twice. That's not significant, mate. That is just, you should do that. So it's their first significant piece of silverware for 37 years. And talking about Bristol's, Harry Randall scored it the first try after 15 seconds, the fastest try in European history. That's a great thing to have on your CV, isn't it? What you're asking me, I think so, mate. Any try, it would be good on the <laughs> just CV. One. <laughs> just, just one. And another one that we need to name drop, we spoke about him earlier, Max Malins, uh, another awesome performance by him. He might have, Goody, he might have thinner arms than me, as in, they obviously are, but to Noodles. look at... Mate, to look at visually, he might have the most anti-definition arms you've ever seen. But he's got wheels, he's got great footwork, and he ended up scoring for me what was the match-winning try to make his tally eight tries in nine games since leaving Saracens on loan to go to Bristol's. So a hell of an effort from him, but the goo doesn't go to any of those people. It can only go to one place, and that is the Exeter Chiefs. Ten years ago, they were promoted into the Premiership. They're now European Heineken Cup champions. How good does that sound for Exeter Chiefs fans? And specifically the Simmons boys. Sam Simmons, European Player of the Year. Jim Hamilton didn't rate him 18 months ago. No, I I did rate him. I did rate him, (laughs) but I didn't rate him as high as European Player of the Year, which he's done. That is what he's done. Uh, First forward to finish top of the try-scoring charts as well in a European season. Joe Simmons, his brother, man of the match in the final. He's kicked 28 goal kicks on the trot. Hell of an effort from him. The youngest ever skipper. So an outstanding effort from everyone at Exeter Chiefs. They get the good this week. The bad. It's quite a bit of bad, actually. We're going to start off in the Southern Hemisphere and we'll start off with South Africa. 
We spoke about it last week, but they've pulled out of the rugby championship. It became official later last week that they've pulled out. They ain't having it. They ain't playing. Yeah. No, well, they're not They're not going, but there's reasons behind that, isn't it? Yeah, and it's disappointing. China. China. Yeah, China. And it's very disappointing, obviously, with the whole quarantine issues that a lot of the Northern Hemisphere European-based players would have had to have faced. So it became an impossible task, really, for South Africa. So that's a real shame. Uh, what else is bad? I'm, I feel bad saying this. But Teddy Ariberen, we spoke about him earlier. Just bad. Like, yeah, I don't was, want to single anyone out, but he was bad, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, unfortunately. And I feel bad saying that. And put me in the bad for saying it, or you in the bad, because it's your bad bit. But I'm so French. Yeah. And then we'll stick in France for a bit of bad. We always like to add the French into a bit of bad. We'll stick in France with Bayon and Cast. Who takes 60, Jim? I don't even know what's happened. I'll tell you the last team to take 60 points. It was in February, February the 21st at the Mighty Rico Arena. Saracens, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) You're the last team that I can remember that took 60 points. What have they they got to do with it, mate? (laughs) I just said who takes 60 and you you said I don't know, so I told you. All right, cheers. We've seen a couple of 59s in the Premiership, but yeah, Bayon and Cast. Bayon got absolutely blitzed at Lyon, 62-10. And Cast got absolutely dominated in La Rochelle, losing that one 62-3. But, mate, at least they got three, yeah? It was still bad, hence why you put it in the bad. (laughs) Yeah, pretty bad. Um, That doesn't win the bad, though. We're going to go back to the Champions Cup final. Oh, what we got now? We've got to mention the timekeeper and whoever's in charge of the TV clock. What an absolute shambles that was. We just took the edge off, didn't it? Just took the edge off the celebration. That's about it. Or do you think they've made a mistake? I don't know. Well, you hear Nigel Owens. He's doing the right thing. No, no. (laughs) No, no. He's just like, he's asked for time on, and then they haven't put time on. And I reckon Joe Simmons is looking at a clock. You see his eyes. He's looking at the post and he looks to the left a bit, doesn't he? He's looking at the stadium clock, which definitely he's waiting until it goes over 80 minutes. Oggy's having a, a bit of a fit at the end because he thinks they're going to go back for the kickoff. Just an absolute shit show at the end there. So, Mate, it's marketing. I'm telling you now. There's something going to come out of it. Yeah, that wasn't particularly good. That was bad. Uh, but unfortunately, the bad this week doesn't go to any of that. Wasps. It's going to an old friend of the show. It's going to Eddie Jones. Eddie, you're not okay. Oh, you I know n- why. You name an England why. squad, you don't pick the form scrum half in England. Ben Spencer. Why? why oh, why? Oh, why? I, I don't want to say anymore because I think, I genuinely think he must be influenced by the media. It has to be. So the bad this week goes to Eddie Jones not picking Ben Spencer, who's on ridiculous form. Instead, he's gone for Ben Youngs, Willie Hines and Alex Mitchell. Discuss. Well, you want, you want me to discuss or you want the millions to discuss? I mean, The millions. It was a rhetorical question, Jim. Just okay, crazy. sorry. There was a long pause, so I just yeah. went for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ugly. Um, there wasn't that much ugly around the game this weekend, but I have found one bit of ugly. We mentioned it earlier. Wasps. We've spoken about it on the podcast previously. Johnny Hill's beard. Has he turned Amish or what? What is going on there? But, mate, there's nothing, if he has, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. No, he can, but his beard looks ugly. It, mate, it, that that specific part looks, mate, it's awful. It is absolutely <laughs> awful. So the ugly this week, not only did he not come on the podcast when he said he would because of unforeseen circumstances, but his beard is damn ugly. Johnny Hill, you get the ugly. He's got Rob Tickler coming out of his ass, mate. That's all I know. <laughs> Thanks, Goody. And you guys have got a couple of shout outs to finish off with, haven't you? Yeah, big shout out to Marshy and the old Haberdashers, RFC, which is the highest level non-training club in Britain. Let's just call them the non-training club of the world. Yeah, mate, who needs to train? 
Mate, exactly. Well, they're, mate, they're not rugby training, but they are doing a bit of training. They're cycling, running, and walking the distance of the UK coastline over the course of October. So that is, and I'll get my numbers right here, 12,429 kilometres. It's to raise money for the RNLI and the Prostate Cancer UK, and it's in memory of Tony Alexander and Martin Baker, two members of the club who sadly passed away during the pandemic. So great effort, guys. Massive good luck from all of us here at the Rugby Pod. Yeah, massive good luck to those guys. And a big shout out to Joel Gibson as well, because he's doing the Three Peaks Challenge at the end of the month, climbing the highest peaks in Scotland, England and Wales in 24 hours to raise money for a group of mental health charities, which are Mind, the Mental Health Foundation and Young Minds. So a massive shout out to Joel Gibson. That's some challenge. Fingers crossed he pulls through in 24 hours and raises a boatload of money. That's a tough challenge. I'm climbing a mountain on Wednesday, so but I'm not doing that. That sounds incredible. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. Leave us a review and check out our YouTube as well. Oh, Chief Chief. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Pod, pod, pod.